Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. What does it really mean for believers to be holy? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. What would you say if someone asked you, what does it mean to be holy? In today's podcast, we will find out what the Torah has to say about it. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or check out our brand new website at www.redpilltorah.com. We love to hear from you. And thank you to everyone who has subscribed thus far. Take a moment to like and share. This is our one-year anniversary doing Red Pill Torah, and we are so grateful to Jehovah for bringing us to this point. Thank you for joining us on this journey and sending your kind words throughout the year. As usual, we like to send a special shout-out to our listeners from the United States and around the world. So, shalom to our listeners in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and to South Carolina. In today's podcast, we want to discuss the meaning of the Bible word, holy. In the scriptures, we see Elohim's system of classification applied to inanimate things like items, times, maybe thoughts, and living things like animals, people, and spirits. All of these things can be classified either as holy or as common. The first thing to know about the holy classification in the Bible is that only Elohim can make something holy. No human can decree or convey holiness in a Bible sense to anything. At best, we can agree with the Father's classification and call holy what he has already determined to be holy. Things that are not holy in the Bible sense of the word are classified as common. Think of common as meaning routine, regular, or not unique. If someone were to randomly choose a stone from a field covered with similar stones as far as the eye could see, and offer to sell it to you for $1 million, you probably wouldn't accept that deal. The stone could be said to be common because there are so many of them lying around. If that type of stone has no particular purpose or unique qualities, it would be just a common stone, not rare or special. Using the Bible system of classification, things that are common can be classified as either clean or unclean. Something is considered clean if a person can come in contact with it and not have to wash themselves as a result. Contact with a clean thing does not convey any inherent risk of infection, for example, to the person coming in contact with the clean thing, or to people that that person may come in contact with later on. In most places I know of, people are expected to wash their hands after, let's say, using a restroom working on a greasy machine, or digging a muddy hole. Now, there is not necessarily a problem with coming in contact with unclean things. It depends on what the unclean thing is and the nature of the uncleanness. In every case, the person who comes in contact with uncleanness would be expected to clean themselves up before coming in contact with other people. Others have a right to not be contaminated with someone else's uncleanness. Mm-hmm. Both clean and unclean things are all around us every day. We are used to them because they're common. 
If you haven't already, take some time to read Leviticus for more on what Jehovah's what Jehovah's designated as clean and unclean. Now let's talk about the other end of the spectrum, holy things. In a Christian context, we tend to use the word holy in association with special times, places, and things. We celebrate Holy Communion, travel to holy sites, read the Holy Bible, for example. Remember, as Tim mentioned earlier in the podcast, humans cannot designate anything as holy in a scriptural sense of the word. Only Jehovah can designate something as holy. The Hebrew word translated as holy is kadosh. It means separate or set apart, having a unique purpose, uh, qualities, or function. In some households, the best plates and flatware are only used on special occasions, not for a routine meal or playtime with the kids. Because those dishes are reserved for special times, this example gives us an ideal about what it means to be holy. Holy means that something was specially chosen by Elohim for his own reasons and for his own purposes or use. The things he chooses as holy need not be inherently different from any other thing. They become holy simply because Elohim separated them for his purpose. Amen, Mama. The first use of the word holy in most modern Bibles is in Exodus 3. In that chapter, we learn about the burning bush and Moshe's first encounter with the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Starting in verse 4, it says, When Jehovah saw that he, or Moshe, had gone over to see the burning bush, Elohim called to him from the middle of the bush, Moshe, Moshe. He answered, Here I am. He said, Don't come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. We now know that the location of the burning bush was Mount Sinai. Verse 11 continues with Moshe saying to Elohim, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Elohim replies, I will surely be with you. Your sign that I have sent you will be that when you have led the people out of Egypt, you will worship Elohim on this mountain. This mountain was chosen by Jehovah as the location where he would marry his covenant people. Now changing gears for a moment. When Jehovah said he would give Moshe a sign, this was mentioned in chapter 3. It was fulfilled in Exodus chapter 19. Moshe had to be obedient to Jehovah's instructions and directions in order to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and to make it to Mount Sinai. This scripture reminds me um, to remember that when things aren't going the way that I think they should, not to get discouraged. Just keep obeying Jehovah's instructions and gut it out until the end, because he is faithful and will bring to pass all of his promises. Amen, Mama. It takes guts and grit to walk with the Most High Elohim. You mentioned a marriage when you were talking. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very relevant topic. A Jewish marriage is a two-step process. Kiddushin, also known as betrothal, and Nisuin, or the completed marriage. The word Kiddushin comes from the root word Kadosh. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Kiddushin can be translated as sanctification or set-apartness. It reflects the fact that the woman is set apart to be the wife of one particular man and no other man. Kiddushin happens 
when the woman accepts something of value or is intimate with her prospective husband. It's like an engagement, but much more binding than Western culture considers engagements. Nisween, which comes from the word nasa, which means to carry or elevation, connects husband, wife, and Elohim in a marriage covenant. Many times in the Bible, believers' relationship to Yehovah is described as a marriage. Now that's very important for us to remember when we discuss holiness. It's like being faithful in marriage. Mm-hmm. I agree, Daddy. In Exodus 19, we see Elohim's mention of Israel as a holy nation. Verse 1 begins, In the third month after the people of Israel had left the land of Egypt, the same day they came to Sinai Desert. After setting out from Rephidim and arriving at the Sinai Desert, they set up camp in the desert. There, in front of the mountain, Israel set up camp. Moshe went up to Elohim, and Jehovah called him from the mountain. Here is what you are to say to the household of Jacob, to tell the people of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will pay careful attention to what I say and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you will be a kingdom of Kohanim, or priests, for me, a nation set apart, or a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the people of Israel. Tim, it sounds like Elohim is asking Israel, will they be his people? Just like a man would ask a woman, would she be his wife? When Moshe told Israel's um, Jehovah's offer, they accepted. Verse 7 continues, Moshe came, summoned the leaders of the people, and presented them with all the words which Jehovah had ordered him to say. All the people answered as one. Everything Jehovah has said we will do. So, Dad, it seems like they accepted and they completed the Kiddushin step of the marriage proposal. Israel was now made a holy people for Jehovah. Leviticus is a book about Elohim's standards of holiness. Chapter 11 is the chapter in which Elohim gives his dietary instructions. Check out our episode 15 titled, Don't Eat That, if you want more information about Elohim's dietary instructions, verses 43 through 45 gives us a little context. It says, You are not to make yourselves detestable with any of these swarming, crawling creatures. Do not make yourselves unclean with them. Do not defile yourselves with them, for I am Yehovah, your Elohim. Therefore, consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. And do not defile yourselves with any kind of swarming creature that moves along the ground. For I am Yehovah, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God, or your Elohim. Therefore, you are to be holy, because I am holy. Yehovah's people are reminded to be holy several times in the Tanakh and the Brit Chadashah. Holiness is obviously very important to him. It is interesting to note, however that most churches discount many of Elohim's standards of holiness, even though it's written in his book. For example, right after his instructions about eating, Elohim urges Israel to be holy because he is holy or set apart. Clearly, his dietary instructions are not optional, and they definitely have something to do with being holy to Elohim. 
How many churches do you know that teach believers to eat according to Leviticus 11? Peter refers to Leviticus 11 verse 44 in one of his letters to believers. He says, Therefore, get your minds ready for work. Keep yourself under control and fix your hopes fully on the gift you will receive when Yeshua the Messiah is revealed. As people who obey Elohim, do not let yourself be shaped by the evil desires you used to have when you were still ignorant. On the contrary, follow the Holy One who called you. Become holy yourself in your entire way of life, since the Tanakh says, You are to be holy because I am holy. And that's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Believers are to be set apart or different from the world at large. We are to follow Yehovah's ways, not the world's standards or even our own standards of holiness. Yehovah, the Creator, said in His Word that He set apart His own name, which many believers don't even know. He set apart certain animals as food for us. Many believers eat any animal and prepared in any way. He set apart the seventh day for rest and gathering. Many believers substitute Sundays. He set apart his feasts for worship and offerings. Many believers celebrate Christianized pagan holidays, and they don't even know it. He set apart Israel, both the land and the people. Many believers perceive no connection to Israel at all, the people or the land. He set apart his spirit that dwells in us. But do we grieve that set apart spirit? by continuing to do lawless things? He set apart his temple or his dwelling place. We esteem our church buildings as a substitute and don't even use them as set apart facilities. Even our bodies, the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, some of us use to do things that are not holy. Holiness or being set apart is based on Jehovah's standards, not ours. If we don't live the way he instructs us to, we are not living a set-apart life. Now the question is, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs are not in line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and rely on man's definition of holiness? Or would you take the red pill and simply follow God's instructions? Only you can answer that question because we believers are holy or set apart to Jehovah, we are to diligently follow His ways and His standards. We cannot substitute our own rationale or standards for His standards and think that we are living holy to Him. We cannot substitute our holiness for His. Amen, Daddy. Well, that's it for today. We will pick this up next podcast, starting at Ezekiel 44. Please go back and listen again. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth.